It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.07, excuse me, it's 6.07 in News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter, I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener. Get my tongue and my tang all get together here. And we're here to help you be more successful in your gardening endeavors. All you have to do is have a question in mind or a statement or a brag. If you have something you've done very well this last month or so, you can call me at 404 404- 8720750 get you in on a Saturday morning to have your garden question answered whether it's about lawns or trees, flowers, house plants, you name it, we got answers. If you got the questions, we have the answers. I thought this morning one of the things I might do is talk about Pansy, talk about the newsletter, actually. I have a, many of you know that I have a, every two weeks an email newsletter that comes out. And <clears throat> every two weeks I have an article in there that sort of headlines the whole newsletter. And this past week I went to Pike Nursery and looked, and they have a astounding, astounding number of pansies they have on sale this week. And so I thought for the newsletter last week, I would put in the whole how do you plant pansies properly so you have perfect pansies in uh, the wintertime. Pansies, as you know, are pretty well cold tolerant. And so you can plant them in the fall, you know, get them established in November and December, and they'll bloom all the way from now up until sometimes May. I mean, pansies are great. So here's the sort of one, two, three about planting pansies. Number one. If you pull a pansy out of the pot, you'll see very readily that the roots are really, really fine. They're like little hairs in there, which tells me that they're not going to be very successful at moving through clay soil. Clay soil is very hard, hard for a root to get through. And so the pansy roots, because they're so fine, so hard to sort of move through the soil, you have to do that for them beforehand. Wherever you're going to plant pansies, be sure that soil is totally, totally, thoroughly tilled up Add some organic matter, some mushroom compost, some soil conditioner, or something like that. And when you do that, you make the soil so much more soft so that the pansy, hopefully, will be able to spread its roots out. Number two, when you plant pansies, after you till the soil, and maybe the last sort of pass that you do through the bed, puts down some fertilizer. Fertilizer really helps pansies to get off to a good start. The uh, Dr. Earth starter fertilizer that Pike sells is fine. There are other starter fertilizers, too. I use Osmocote because sometimes it's hard to remember whether I fertilize or not. Osmocote lasts four months, so that's perfect for me. So I use Osmocote in my, in my pansy beds. And when I have fertilized, then it's time to put the pansies down, right? No. The next thing I do is to put pine chip, pine chip mulch, little nuggets. I like the little ones better more than the big ones. And so I put a little layer of pine chip nuggets on the ground before I plant the pansies. And then I plant the pansies through the mulch. Now, why is that? Why is that crazy man on the radio talking about planting after he mulches? That's nuts. If you have ever planted pansies before and have put the mulch on after they go in the ground, you'll know that you spend the next 15 or 20 minutes trying to sweep the mulch off the leaves, off the pansy plants, because the mulch has weighted down the leaves, right? 
And so you have to get the mulch off the leaves. It takes a long time to do that. Why not put the mulch down first and then put the pansies through that? That works for me great. Works fabulous well. And I have never had a problem in doing that. And in the next couple of weeks, the pansy roots will spread through the soil very rapidly, hopefully. And they will start absorbing nutrients. And as they absorb nutrients, the root ball gets bigger. The root ball for a pansy plant needs to be about the size of your fist. It cannot be any smaller than that for it to bloom. It just is the way a pansy works. And so if you have a root ball that's much smaller than your fist, it spends a several weeks trying to get the root ball up to the right size. So if you have a good-sized pansy, a three-inch or four-inch pot, you're fine. You're off to the races. You've got blooming from now till April, May of next year. On the other hand, if you think you can save a little money by buying a six-pack, a little bitty six-pack, you get six or sometimes eight in a pack, and they got little bitty root systems. They will spend easily two or three weeks sometimes trying to get the root system sufficient to support the top of the plant. So it's better, I think, to spend the money. Go ahead and get the money, get the uh, pansies in the ground, get the bigger ones in the ground. You'll have a lot more success with your pansies. First caller in line this morning, our friend Nicole down in Griffin, Georgia. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Mr. Reeve. Mr. Cole, good morning. Good morning. I am uh, about the pansy. Yeah. Buy some some that are fresh and not leggy yeah, and be mistreated. That is a great, great point. That's what I saw at Pike. Was it all really fresh, really compact in the pot? Because if you have pansies that have been in a nursery for a couple of three weeks, it's real warm, of course, underneath the uh, underneath the covering of a nursery, and the pansies will stretch out. They'll be six inches, eight inches long, and they don't look good when they do that. So you are exactly right. Get compact plants. And the purpose of moss is to keep the the, the roots uh, fresh and cool. Pansy don't like no hot water. <laughs> no, they do not. Pansies are a cool season plant. That's why we don't plant them from seed here. The seeds just don't germinate in warm soil in August and September. And so we buy the plants already started from the nurseries up in North Georgia. Uh, when I took my uh, master gardener course, Mr. Reeve, yeah. uh, the motto was to uh, keep everything clean and try not to spread disease and everything. Yeah, okay. good point. So I was by uh, a bird uh, seed, and uh, I think I bought a bad a bag that was no good because when I opened it. The moss was everywhere. Oh man! And moss. Uh, after that, the um, the turned out some kind of a little worm, isn't it? The moss. I don't know what it was, but anyway, I put the bird seed anyway. And I was thinking, I have a lot of. Uh, after that, they uh, come up, you know, and uh, sunflower and everything. Yeah. And it got to be very. Um, the rust was on those seeds. I was oh, thinking maybe it spread over the grass. Don't not do really. you know rust, any relation? Is just, or is just uh, rust is one of those diseases that I can tell you straight does not spread from bird seed or other plants to grass. The species of rust that affects grass is not the same species of rust that affects other things. Same thing with powdery mildew. Powdery mildew on a dogwood does not affect affect um, crepe myrtles or anything <clears throat> anything else nearby. And so if you have powdery mildew on a dogwood, it do, will not infect a crepe myrtle nearby. Although powdery mildew may get started on the crepe myrtles because you have the same 
same environment, but the rust did not go between the grass and the bird seed. So on the need of uh, this uh, bird feeder, I think I'm going to remove everything and yeah. start fresh. You know something, Nicole, that I've gotten two uh, emails about this uh, this fall is about sorghum. Do you know what sorghum is? Uh, or milo? Milo is, yeah, yeah syrup. sorghum syrup out in South Georgia. There's another uh, name for sorghum called milo. And if you look at your bird seed, you see the little bitty BB-sized seeds in there. That is sorghum seed or milo seed. Now, here's the problem. The bird seed manufacturers put it in because it takes up a lot of space in the bag, but it's really, really cheap to produce, really cheap to grow. So the birds simply roll that milo out to the edge of the bird seeder and kick it off into the ground below the bird seeder, bird feeder. And then you have lots of little milo plants, sorghum plants, that grow up underneath the bird feeder. And they're pretty distinctive plants. They've got a stalk about three feet high. And the seed head is as big as your fist. It's a big, big, big seed head covered in little round um, seeds. And the other interesting thing, Nicole, lots and lots of pollinating insects that love the seed head of sorghum. I don't know why they do, but you can bring in a lot of pollinating insects by planting sorghum not as a bird feed component, but just plant seeds out of your bird feeder and bring in the pollen insects by having the sorghum there. So there's no way this rust would spread to the grass, isn't it? Nope. Nope. Didn't do it. Didn't happen. Can't blame it on the, on the bird seed. So it's just a coincidence. Yeah, just because it's the same environment. So when you have the same environment, then the diseases in that, excuse me, the diseases that are common to that environment may develop, but they're not the same uh, species of, of disease or fungus, no. So when you buy some seed, uh, what about the moss? Do they spread disease? Mosses? No. Not particularly, no. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I look at the clock up here, and Justin is shaking his fist at me right now, saying we need to get out. So, Nicole, it has been great talking to you once again, and I will see you next Saturday. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It is 617, and we'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. T'was just a garden in the rain Close to a little well, if you're gardening today, you will be gardening in the rain. Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers pretty much all day long. Rain increasing tonight. High of 74, low of 60. Tomorrow, some mix of sun and clouds. Rain 20% tomorrow. High of 73 and low of 52. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. We've got lots of good questions coming up. David and Tucker wants to know how to ID a bulb that smells like a skunk. I'm not sure that's a bulb I want to plant, but David wants to identify that one. Ben in Vinings wants to know, can he put some more fescue and seed and lime down right now? Jeff in Cartersville has pecan trees. The pecans, though, stayed in the husk, and now he doesn't have any pecans. Casey in Sonora wants to know how to prune hedges back now. First in line, our friend J.D. down in College Park. Hey, J.D., good morning. J.D., there he is. Hey, J.D., good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you, Walter? I'm well, what can I do for you, J.D.? Uh, Walter, I'm about to add, uh, 
topsoil to my lawn. Yeah. And I want to know the correct procedure. Do I simply just add the topsoil to the existing lawn and then cut it all in together? Or would it be okay for me just to uh, uh, till the lawn first and then come back and add topsoil? And then how do I do that? Thing? That is an excellent question, and there is a correct answer. That's a lot okay. of answers. I know, the, I know what the answer is. The first Great. technique is the right one. You spread the topsoil first and then till that in with what you have, rake it smooth, and then you plant your seed or your sod or whatever you're going to do. Because if you plant, if you um, just spread the topsoil after you've done your tilling, you end up with layers of different kinds of soil. And plants don't like that. Grass doesn't like it. Trees don't like it. Nobody likes it. So the best thing to do is to till the entire soil profile, it's called. And so you put topsoil down first and then till, 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 till to get down to about six or seven inches and then oh. rake it and then plant. Very well. That's all I need to know, Walter. That's all I'm going to tell you then. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I got. <laughs> that is all I got. Thanks for calling, J.D. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. We'll see you soon. Let's see now. Ben and Viney, he has a question I know the answer to as well. Hey, Ben, morning. Hi, good morning, Walter. What can I do for you, Ben? So up here in Vinings, uh, my girlfriend and I, we redid her yard. Um, she has fescue. So I took and tilled it Yeah. with um, with a little mini walk behind, got down about five inches. Okay. Since we didn't have a, a soil test done ahead of time, okay. I followed instructions from the website. We need added. to go pretty quickly, Ben. I only have a minute and a half, so let's keep okay. going to get so, to the question. So I followed instructions, went ahead and seeded it with fescue. Uh, it's been two weeks. We've had all this rain. Yeah. Uh, starting to see it come up in, in many areas, but sure. there are some areas where it's bald. Yeah. Should I be worried about it now or wait? And if it's I been three is there weeks, anything that can be done now? Let's see. It's been three weeks since you planted. Yeah, you should worry about it. Do a little light raking. Make sure you're you know, make sure you're right. Make sure there's no fescue coming up. And if you just don't see any any uh, fescue sprouts, then go ahead and rake it very very lightly, and add about you know the the rate that you put the seed down. Ben is very important. So the rate should be around six to eight pounds per thousand square feet. I'll let you do the math and figure out how many pounds you need for the little area that's bald right now. But six to eight pounds for a thousand square feet is what you need to put down to get the fescue to thicken up a little bit in the bald spots. It's 627 and one half at News Talk WSB, and we'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It is 6.36 on a Saturday morning at 95.5 WSB. 66 degrees outside. If you have a garden question, I've got all the answers just about that you can ask. You can ask the questions for my number 404-872-0750. I'm Walter Reeves of Georgia Gardener. And Jeff in Cartersville is first in line. Hey, Jeff, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Hey, I man. love your show. Well, thank you. Um, I've got some uh, pecan trees. And this year, they were really, really heavy, and then they fell off with the husks on, yeah. and the nuts didn't come out of them. Yeah. And um, so 
I thought I was going to have a great crop, and it just all didn't materialize. Dude, and now it didn't work, and, yeah. Yeah. You so have, You have a disease called scab, S-C-A-B, scab. If you look at the husk. Scab. S, yeah, scab. Uh-huh. If you look at the husk, there'll be little dots, little purple dots all over the husk right now. In fact, it probably is all black right now. Early, yeah, they are. Earlier in the summertime, there would have been little purple dots all over the husk. And what this fungus does is it develops on the husk and goes through the husk. The little hyphae go through there and start chewing on the shell of the pecan. Go through the shell, go into the nut itself, chew that up. And then finally, the whole thing falls out of the tree. And Jeff says, man, I'm going to have pecan pie. Yay! <laughs> Except the fungus, the scab fungus has already been there, already had its own pecan pie. And Jeff doesn't get anything. Okay, so what do I have to do? It's tough. This is a probably a big tree, right, Jeff? Uh, there's three big trees. Yeah, yeah they're it's, they're quite mature. Yeah, it's hard to spray for scab simply because you can't get the fungicide up into the tree. It's too hard to spray way up in the tree. <clears throat> Down in South Georgia, they have these big blowers that look like. Um, what do they look like? They look like a huge fan mounted on a trailer, and they spray the fungicide into the fan, point the fan up into the tree, and the whole tree is shaking, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they put all that fungicide into the tree that way down there, and they protect their nuts that way. Here in Cartersville, Jeff, you're not going to be able to spray any fungicide that high or that vigorously into your tree. Pretty much you just pray for a dry spring and summer. Dry spring, dry early summer, that's when it gets infected. And if you have dry weather, then the fungus does not infect the pecans very much. Yeah, well, we had a wet spring, and the first part of the summer seemed to be wet, and then it dried out, yep, as exactly. everybody knows. Exactly. That was not and what you wanted. What you wanted was dry spring, dry spring, dry <laughs> spring, and then wet summer, wet summer, wet summer after about June, and you would have had pecans. Okay, so um, fertilizing it, you uh, it used 10-10-10, and you gave me a formula back in the springtime. How much of that do I use per for the, is it the diameter yep. of the tree? You remember it very good, Jeff. You got okay. to measure how thick the trunk is. And let's say for argument's sake, it's uh, 18 inches thick. For every inch, yeah. that's a pound of 10, 10, 10. <laughs> so if 18 inches thick, that's a pound of 10, 10, 10 to be applied. Usually two, sometimes three, depending on how vigorous the tree is growing. But uh, generally speaking, you do it in spring, just as the leaves are coming out. Another time in summer, when it's growing vigorously, and maybe a third time in September. But, yeah, uh, I've got one of the trees are, is, I can't put my arms around it. Yeah, I'm big one. Five, eight. And then I've got two that are... Not as big as the main one, but yeah. So anyway, that's, that's one of the reasons. Jeff, 10, 10, 10. Whenever, whenever someone asks me what kind of pecan should I plant, it's going to be buy a pecan tree that you know the name of the pecan. Buy go to a nursery, go to a pike, go someplace that they know what the variety you have. Some varieties are very resistant to scab, and those are the ones you want. Some varieties are t- not at all resistant to scab. Those are the ones you do not want. So make sure you know what kind of yeah. pecan you're planting in order to resist disease, you know, 10, 15 years down the line. <clears throat> okay. Well, since I, I, well, I bought the house with the uh, yeah. trees in it. Yeah. Couldn't do and, much about that. But, 
no. How can I find out what kind of pecan tree it is? You really have no way of figuring that out, <laughs> other than to know if it has a lot of scab disease on it. It's not a named variety. It's probably something a squirrel planted 25, 30 years ago, and squirrel's not here anymore, so you don't know. Oh, no, I've got plenty of squirrels there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't write it down. Let's put it down. Yes, they did not write that history of the pecan tree down. It's lost to the, to the winds of time. Okay. All right, well, All right. Uh, so uh, I don't think they'd let me crop dust this area. But, uh... <laughs> Try to see, Jeff. I mean, you never know. Maybe you got a drone. I mean, I just thought of that right now, now that but maybe you could get a that's drone to go in there. Why I not? I could get... I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It costs a little bit of money, but, I mean, it'd be a great experiment. Let me know how that works out for you. I think it has potential, Jeff. It really does. Get a drone and spray your trees with that. Yeah, Phoenix Phoenix Air has a drone yeah. port right near, night, right near where I live. And I know some boys over there. So, yeah. okay. All right. That, that would be, that might be an interesting thing. I'll, I'll, uh, what's the kind of, any the fungicide, use? <clears throat> the fungicide yeah. usually daconil is commonly available. D a c o n i l. Um, D a c o n i l. Okay. Yeah, infuse i n f u s e, but I'm not sure infuse is labeled for use on edible nuts. If you go online, basically, and say fungicide for scale, fungicide for pecans, you'll get a selection of fungicides that work on. on pecans. Okay. All right. Well, if I can, if I can get. A buddy, a buddy of mine to yeah, let me know play with, a, play with the drones. I <laughs> 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 let me say, let me know uh, all the I'll details say, about that. Next, I would love to hear from you, Jeff. That would be so much fun to see you trying to use that drone to spray the pecan tree. David is in Tucker, Georgia, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David. Good morning. Morning. I see once again the uh, dilemma of squirrel ellipse raised its little head there. <laughs> Yeah, the pecans are an interesting crop. They're easy to grow in Georgia if you have the right environmental conditions. If you don't, scab will eat them up. Squirrels will eat them up. Um, what else eats pecans? It's really bad. There's a, a shuck disease that eats them up too. But if you get the right plant in the right place, you can have a lot of lot of pecan to harvest from them. What did you want to? What bulb did you want to grow this morning, David? You know, I can't recall the name. I, I the gentleman at the garden center let me sniff it, and the bulb itself actually smells like a skunk. Huh. Um, but uh, is it one you, know, you I, plant now to bloom in the spring, or one that you yes, is blooming now? Yes. Uh, no, it would be uh, planting now to bloom in the spring, and I, I remember it was supposed to be a a good looking flower. I can't recall the description of it, but. Uh, Take a look uh, I was at kind of curious Iffion. how much of this. Hmm? I tr take a look at Iphion, I-P-H-E-O-N, Iphion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> star, star of Bethlehem is another name for it. But Star oh. of Bethlehem, to me, has a funky little smell to it, and that's maybe what you have. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how pervasive is this lovely aroma? Uh, not bad. If you mow oh, it, okay. if you mow it, you'll smell it. If you step on it, it might smell a little bit, but not bad at all. Not at all. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was just afraid I was going to find myself with uh, extremely unhappy neighbors. <laughs> no, I don't think so, dude. You'll be fine. 
They'll let you live in Tucker in a few few months, few years more. You'll be fine. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You bet, David. Thanks for calling. Jackson is in Cartersville. Has another follow-up questions about pecans. Hey, Jackson. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This has to do with Jeff's uh, uh, question about his pecan trees and yeah. his scab. What should he do as far as with the uh, uh, the nuts and the husk and what's not that's on the ground yeah. that has that fungus in it? Boy, He's that is a good question. I, I mean, and is there anything that he can put on the ground that will either shield it from getting back up in the tree or, or um, you know, protect the, the, the future harvest? If I were smart, Jackson, like you, I would have said something like, be sure and rake up the shucks, be sure and rake up the leaves and dispose of them this year. But I'm not smart like you, Jackson, so I forgot to say that. But, yeah, Jeff should be told to rake all his leaves up and get rid of them so he doesn't reinfect the tree next year. Yeah, you're right. Exactly Can they right. be burned off? Mm, I don't or just, know. Just, just throw them away? I think throw them away. Get them, get them out of there. No reason to burn them particularly. There's nothing spray, right. <clears throat> nothing spray on the ground. I don't think there's nothing that will prevent the fungus from being on the ground. But if you rake the leaves, you certainly are sort of interrupting the transfer of fungal material from the leaves up to the new tree in the leaves next year. Is there any place that that uh, fungus originates or someplace that, uh, or is it just, just common, just natural occurrence? Yes, yeah, common natural occurrence, always around, never never get rid of it. Just, oh, I see. You get a, get a tree that is resistant to it and you're fine. Get a tree that's not resistant to it and it'll eat it up. Uh, hopefully next year he'll have a, a whole lot better crop. Hopefully, Bagans at the store really, really high right now. Dry That's spring. Why <laughs> yeah, dry spring. Oh, yes. That's what he wants. Dry spring. Oh yes. All right, we appreciate you, Mister Walton. You betcha, Jackson. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven gets you in to get your garden question answered this morning at six forty seven, and we'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. There is unrest in the forest. There is trouble with the trees. For the maples want more sunlight and the oaks ignore their Great song, Justin. Good job, Justin Ove, bringing us some music this morning that I've never heard before. That's a great choice of songs this morning. A quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers, rain increasing during the day, probably to tonight. High of 74 today, low of 60 today, uh, overnight, I should say. Tomorrow makes the sun and clouds. Rain 20%, high of 73, low of 52. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. And A.J. in Dunwoody joins us on Lawn and Garden. A.J., good morning. Good morning. How are you doing I'm today? Pretty well, A.J. What's going on? Um, I just I have a very odd question, um, but I guess I don't know if anybody's ever asked it before, but I'm looking to actually grow um, some tobacco for uh, personal use. I just, I'm trying sure. to start rolling cigars. Sure, um, sure, sure. I went to Cuba, and I saw I enjoyed it. I liked the way it looked. And uh, I was thinking about doing it myself, so... I was just calling to see what are your uh, initial steps. I know that you know you need about you need warm soil. I'm assuming yeah. to germinate it. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing soon. I'm assuming I can start start it in the plant indoors and uh, move it outdoors. What what do I need? Like do I need any specific fertilizers or uh, sunlight and what have you? So I was just calling to see what I can get 
quick tip on that. AJ, it may have been seven, maybe eight years ago, I thought somebody someday is going to ask me about growing tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ordered five tobacco plants online, planted them in my front uh, garden that I use out there to sort of show my neighbors what I'm playing with. And the tobacco plants grew just fine. They got ended up getting caterpillars, which ate the leaves off of them, and I was too lazy to spray. But the tobacco itself was doing fine. So you can certainly grow tobacco here in Atlanta or in Dunwoody, no problem there. I don't think that there's any legal requirement for registering your tobacco plot like there is for cotton. If you want to grow cotton, don't do it without having a cotton bowl weevil trap near your cotton because that is legally required by anybody who wants to grow cotton. But for tobacco, I don't think you have to do that. Just buy the plants, grow the tobacco, protect it from uh, pests, and I think you can roll you a cigar. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Is there any specific pesticide that I could use? Maybe that is uh, a lot more, uh, I guess, eco or yeah. friendlier than, than, than for caterpillars in particular. There's a the eco-friendly pesticide for caterpillars called BT. It's abbreviated BT, and BT is just a a bacterium that is sprayed onto the leaves, and it causes the caterpillars to stop feeding. And it is considered completely organic. It doesn't hurt anything but caterpillars. It hurt birds. It hurt dogs. It hurt you when you smoke it. So BT would be something to look at. Again, I don't know. I don't know everything there is to know about growing tobacco, but I do know that it can be done, and I've done it. So there you go. Well, finally, eight years I'm, later, yeah. I finally get to use a little bit of knowledge, AJ. Thank you for asking the hey, question. I, I absolutely, I appreciate you. Thank you. You bet, AJ. Thanks for calling. If you have a weird question, a strange thing you want to know more about, Kerry Woodstock this morning is going to be next in line. He says he has new weeds coming up in Fescue. Well, that's not too weird. If you have a weird question, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. <laughs> 